Welcome to the Hustlers Manifesto podcast. We jailbreak from toxic hustle culture. We take Hustler back from a belief that bigger is better, security is contingent on compliance, and freedom is reserved for the powerful. I'm your host, Sarah Duran. I'm not here to tell you how to make a quick buck. I'm here to change the way work is done so that we can live more meaningful lives right now instead of betting on an uncertain future. If you value this content, please rate it and comment on this podcast wherever you get it. If you're a freelancer, consultant, or solopreneur who needs better strategy for your business, learn more about what I do at fruitioninitiatives.com. Thanks for being part of the movement. Hi, Mari. Hi. How's it going? How are you? I am doing well. It's Friday. It's like fall and I love the leaves and it's pretty warm here still. So I'm just enjoying the last few minutes of of like warm weather before the winter descends upon us. (laughs) Yep. I am with you on that one. We keep getting it in fits and starts. It's just like dry and warm in between. Yeah. I'll, I'll take what I can get before all of the leaves are gone. And then it's just dead winter for the next several months. Yeah. So I'm so excited to be able to have this conversation with you today. And as we've talked about many times before, I've been following the work that you do for some time now. And I just think that your company and your approach is so cool. And so I think it'll be really awesome for um, more people um, to be able to hear about it. Let's start off with the first three questions that I ask everyone. And I'll just mm-hmm. ask these all three together because you've weaved them through however you want to answer them. <laughs> but the questions are, who are you? What is your work? And why do you do it? Mm-hmm. Those are good questions. So who am I? Uh, my name is Mari Casey. So I am the the founder of Uncompany. And uh, what Uncompany is, we're a hybrid between a staffing company and then a freelance collective. We also have a piece of software that we've built, our custom software, uh, to run our whole uh, process and our whole system. So we've been in business since 2015. So we've come through a couple ups and downs in the market, which is always exciting. And Part of why we do what we do is just keeps us on our toes. So the work that I do with Uncompany is really just what we started out was we wanted to build a system and a process that really pulled together the freelance community. When I started uh, freelancing way back an eternity ago in 2009, a, a while ago, freelancing, even though it was popular, it was still emerging. And a lot of the information, a lot of the processes were very kind of archaic and old school and a lot of the information was very all over the place. It was very decentralized. There's no real clear way to find information. It was inconsistent and some of it wasn't reliable. And and so for me as a freelancer, when I started out coming out of the kind of advertising agency background world, I felt a little bit like I was dropped into an island and I was like, what which way's up and how do I do this and how do I scope a project? Because even though I'd worked in a corporate setting for a long time, I'd never really been a business owner. And I for whatever reason, I just assumed that it was going to be the same process of working in agency. And of course, as we all know, it's not. You become the project manager, the account manager, the business developer, the IT. And then you also do the work that you're supposed to do, like the design or the writing or whatever it is. And so a lot of the startup process for me as a freelancer was really hard because there wasn't a clear workflow. There wasn't a clear place for me to go. And, and then I saw as I started to work, I got to meet so many more freelancers and creatives. And I really enjoyed helping them and showing them, here's how you can do it. Do this, get this kind of, get this set up. Don't do this. Don't try this. And so I became this 
my, my husband called me like the freelance godfather, became this guy. Everyone would send their people to me. Hey, sometimes HR would be like, hey, we're, we let these people go. Can you help them find a place to land? And I love doing that because to me, freelance has given me and working independently has given me an opportunity to really design the life I wanted. And work is a component of that versus the center of that. And, and so I enjoy that process. And a thousand coffee conversations later, I was like, I enjoyed this work. I need to create something that pulls these people together and creates a soft place to land for all of these individual business owners, respecting what they do, respecting what they want to build. It could be 10 hours a week. It could be 100 hours a week. It's totally flexible. But give them a place to land where they can connect to community opportunities and education. And so that's where Uncompany started. And then as I was continuing to work, I also saw the need on the client side that clients really saw this growing resource pool, saw the opportunities to tap into this highly skilled workforce of mid-level or junior, mid and senior level people. But there hasn't ever been a process that's clear and seamless and simple. It's just honestly always been an operational nightmare, especially for enterprise companies to work with individual single person business owners. And so it, it was a problem because all this talent who is maybe more senior and used to bigger projects couldn't access those projects easily. And so I wanted to also build that process and system in place where it allowed clients to access talent quickly and eliminate as many of the friction points as possible. That's what we've been, we started out to build. And of course, there's always evolutions over the last eight years you throw in pandemics, you throw in all these different things. And that's, that's what we've continually always been building and iterating on. And the reason why we do it is just because, like I said, I, I love the freelance workforce. It's, I have, I'm so grateful for what the opportunity is to be a business owner has provided me flexibility freedom, the opportunity to build something that I can have, legacy idea, and then it puts me in touch with thousands of really cool, fun, fascinating people and clients, and it's a great place to, it's a great place to set. So what we try to do is create a place where people can build the businesses that they really want to build at whatever size they want to build, and then for the clients, the opportunity to access these businesses quickly and effectively so that they can use them like they would a regular member of their staff. So that was a long-winded answer. <laughs> no, it's a perfect answer. It just like resonates with me so much. It warms my heart so much. And I think that <laughs> you and like some of your colleagues who are also like some of my favorite people on earth, like the Indie List are just like in this place where it's 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 an organization that is built like by an actual freelancer for freelancers. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that I see often missing a lot in some of the conversations that are happening about the future of work or independent workers or more open types of work settings where it's like a lot. I see a lot of platforms or a lot of other things like that, where it's like they're built for freelancers, but they're not mm -hmm. built by freelancers. And fundamentally, there's a piece of that puzzle that you don't understand if you haven't done it, if you haven't yes. done that hard work, and especially done the hard work, like you were saying, of back in the day when we had to through the snow, uphill both ways, <laughs> be a freelancer. And now it's like all the infrastructure and platforms, is yeah. it so hard? Absolutely. Is it still maybe easier to go work for someone else? Is there still infrastructure left to build? But it's just this amazing story to hear this organic way that you started to be this hub for people where they were recognizing that you were helping bringing, bring other people forward. And then you were able to like structurally turn that into a thriving business that is still living mm -hmm. out that mission. I just think it's the, it's an amazing story that is still going. Yeah. Still going. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> 
I'm actually curious. There's like tons of things on my list that I want to ask you about, but one of them is um, something I think about a lot is what it looks like. I think those of us who are independent workers and is pioneering the future of work, when you go from being a freelancer to creating a company for freelancers, how does that different way that you look at work because of the independent work that you've done? And like you said, what it gave you, how does it help you shape the way that your company is structured and the way that you interact with like your staff and like your internal? I'm just curious of how that mindset like permeates when you go from independent worker to like company now Mm -hmm. and what that mindset has done for the way that you operate with your team and with your organization overall. That's probably one of the best questions I've gotten. So good stuff. That's a great question. It's it's honestly, it's hard because when you come as an individual, you carry a certain level of operational process. Uh, and then everyone's joking, the gun company is now a company. And it's, yeah, there is, there's an aspect of that has to fall in place, right? You have legal entities, employment law and all that HR, blah, 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 all that fun stuff that the joy that I get to spend time talking to workers comp audits and all that joy. It's if you can always look back and say, the reason why I'm doing these non-fun adulting type businessy things are because I'm building a business that is helping people on a larger mission and scale. And so it helps put things in perspective. I think one of the things, and I was talking to John, our director of operations about this week, because uh, we like to wax poetic on employment stuff and the future of work. And one of the things was, I think that there's been this mindset shift and I was born in 1979 and he was as well, or he's a little older than me, but we are this kind of crossover generation between the old way of thinking, our parents who had pensions and you get a job when you're 20 and you retire at 65, that old way of thinking and then the new way of thinking and we bridge that gap. And I, one of the things we were talking about and the way that I think I've always, always approached my freelance mindset into my Mari Casey CEO founder mindset is that a working relationship is just that it's a relationship. And so all of my employees internal, even my contractors and freelancers who who work with me internally, I'm like, this is a relationship for me and for them. So if it, if I need them for certain services and things they're providing them, I'm, I'm paying them and they're same thing. It's a reciprocal relationship when it doesn't make sense, the relationship needs to end. And I think sometimes there's an equal, there's a respect and there's a, a shared power. I'm not taking all their power and saying, I'm the only job in town, Susie, you're lucky to have me now do all this work. It's this is what I need from you. It's about setting expectations and understanding that there might be a point when that relationship ends and they go away and there's not there's not ill will. It's just like we move on. And I think a lot of times with corporate work and full-time work too, it's this mindset that's very old school of you have to work for this company and you stay there and they own you and they own your time. And it's a little bit of what I've always thought is wrong with coming out of the education system too, where it's like you turn over all control, you get a job, you take care of me, you figure out my financial future. Oh, 401k. Sure. I have not even going to look at that. What does that mean? And in retirement and health insurance. I remember being in my twenties and sitting down with HR and they're like, here's all the stuff. What do you think? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just checking. I'm blindly signing things. I have no idea. And I think that's the wrong way. We, we shouldn't approach life in general with all those things, but especially not our employment and our employment freelance or full-time. We should be active participants in a lot of those decisions and know what they mean. And so what I've found with being an independent and working with people who are independent, whether they're business owners or freelancers or however they categorize themselves, is they have a mindset of like they're in the driver's seat and they're working through those kind of things. And I think that is a really good way to work. And it doesn't matter, you know, I think the interesting thing is people say, what happens when they go from freelance to full-time? Are they out of 
working with uncompany. I'm like, they're not. Because in my mind, once you're a freelancer or an independent mindset, you always are. You carry that mindset to every single thing you do. You could be a freelancer for six months and then maybe you need to go and get health insurance because you're having children or something and you go into full time for six years. You still, in my mind, still carry that mindset. You're just making good decisions. It's all about what type of work that you're doing and, and how it's working in your life, whether or not it's freelance, contract, full-time, fractional, whatever you want to slice it. It's really that mindset of independence and being in control of managing the whole 360. And so when we're working with our own staff internally, we're approaching it the same way. Everybody's a different person. The expectation is shared. We understand what our goals are, what kind of KPIs we're reporting to in our business, but it's a relationship and we need to make sure that that's really clear and we're respecting both sides of the table. So, so it's a, I think it's like, it's a healthier way for everyone to work and look at it, but I definitely think coming out of, and all of our staff internally is obviously coming from a freelance background or a business background, they all have that mindset. And so it's, it makes it really fun. It's a lot less guesswork. It's a lot less like, I don't know what's really happening with you. Cause it's like, we're having those conversations all the time. I think that is like the best of both worlds, right? So it's like you get to something that you're hitting on is something I've been thinking about a lot this year and doing a lot of content about, which is what I call boss mindset. But it it's really this this difference in thinking that I think you touched on. You said the word like active participant. And you're and I think you're absolutely right that like no matter what if you've made that mindset shift, which fundamentally, I think maybe some people can do it if they don't work for themselves, but you have, Mm -hmm. once you start working for yourself and it usually doesn't happen at the very beginning. Like I think you said, when you started (laughs) recognizing, oh, even though like maybe I was running accounts when I was like at the agency, doing it 100% on my own is very different now that I own 110% of the work in a different way Mm -hmm. than it was when I worked for someone else. But it's such an interesting mindset shift when people start to have agency over their own work and all of the things that go around that, like the benefits and everything else, where it's once you start taking care of yourself in a way that you fundamentally don't do when you work for most Mm -hmm. companies, because they're doing the 401k and the legal, and you just don't have to think about that stuff. And so you're like, oh, I'm just getting taken care of. Turning my brain off. Turning my brain off, (laughs) trucking along. And then you go out on your own, you're like, oh, and it's a paradigm shift, I think, for a lot of people Mm -hmm. that you just start looking at the world in a different way. And you start looking at your work in a different way. And I love the idea of carrying that forward for people that can work at a company like yours, where you're carrying that forward and able to use it in a quote unquote, like nine to five more traditional job. Because I think a lot of people who have made that mindset shift, I think myself included, the thought of going to work, going back to work for someone else again, feels just like, like soul crushing. I'm like, there's nothing they could offer me that, that is better than what I've been able to build for myself. I think that's Mm -hmm. different for the people that work for you because you already have that mindset and are building a company of people that share that same mindset. Yeah. I think there's a shift that happens when you start working for yourself, where you realize no one's coming to save you. And you're like, I guess I got to figure this out. Otherwise it's not going to happen. And you you extrapolate that times a thousand different things. Right. So it's, I guess I need to figure out health insurance. I guess I need to figure out long-term financial planning for myself. I guess I need to figure out what was the strategy and, and a plan for growth. And there's a lot of, when you start doing and adding those things, you realize how much power you've given away a lot of times by not considering them. And to me, 
some people that's really paralyzing and that can be really hard in the beginning when it feels like everything at once. But the longer you realize that and you work through those things, the more you realize that's freaking exciting because now since I understand what my long-term plan for, for my finances are and what's the difference between this kind of an IRA and this kind of a savings plan and whole life and term life and all those things, I have now have the power to like really build something safe for me and I understand the risks and I understand the rewards. And I think that's tough a lot of times when we start a full-time job without really paying attention to those details is we don't understand the risk. And, and that's, we're seeing that with, with layoffs. The funny thing that I, we were talking about trends, it's like the trends that I've seen now is people are realizing that even though they're full-time, they still need other streams of income. So I, we have a lot more moonlighters in the last year and a half than we've ever had before. Because people see are no longer thinking full-time means safe. Yep. That idea has almost like 100% gone away. And to me, that's awesome because now they're mitigating the risk that while I'm in a full-time job, I'm still keeping the stream of income going. So if something happens, I'm not like dumped to zero. I still have some money coming in the door. And I think that's a really smart way to approach work in general because risk is always going to be there and it's not going away. So I think that's a cool trend that I've seen come out of the last couple of years. Yeah. One of the key myths that I'm always trying to bust for people is that having a nine to five job is more secure than freelancing. Cause I just fundamentally think that's not true. And I think you're right. Like a, a lot of trends that we've been seeing over, especially the last three to four years are like, people are now realizing the level of uncertainty that we all operate with. But when you work from, when your income streams come from multiple clients and when you carry your own benefits and insurance and all those, your 401k, when you carry those things, no one can take them away from you. So mm -hmm. you lose one client, you haven't lost all your income. If you lose your job, you lose all your income, you lose your benefits, you lose everything. You lose your, you lose your community, you lose all of that stuff. Yeah. I think the yeah. word you used was power, which I could not have said it better myself. I think it is like you in, in a work relationship, not all, again, I think there are some that are different, but I think in a lot of work relationships, mm -hmm. you're just giving up so much of your power, not just around all of these things that we've been talking about, but you're also giving up a lot of power. One of the things I keep bumping up against the freelancers that I work with is that it's this mindset shift that we've given up power for other people to develop us instead of mm -hmm. us taking the responsibility to develop ourselves. And so it that's like another mindset shift that I think is so interesting. And I was thinking about what that has to be like for you having a company of full-time people who like all used to be freelancers is it's just a completely different level of ownership. Like you're coming in with an expertise level and a level of ownership over mm -hmm. your work that I think is not completely unique to just freelancers, but I would imagine that there's a lot less like handholding and that kind of stuff that happens when mm -hmm. you're hiring and when you're hiring from a pool of freelancers who've already had to 100% own everything themselves. Yeah. And the way that we're structured, so we really, there's only a couple of us that are full-time, the full-timers. And then there's a handful of contractors that are just working on uncompany, on the uncompany business and brand. And then we have our larger pool of freelancers that are working for you know, our client projects and teams. And one of the things that I've realized just in the last couple of years of going through some of my own internal employees is that I really like working with people who have worked independently at some level for some time because they felt the pain, they understand. And I can go back to a full-time job right now and I would be like, 100% appreciative of so many of the things that they do and struggle with, especially from a small business ownership standpoint, it's hard. It's hard to make sure you, when you start assuming fixed costs and payroll taxes, and then you have multiple and you deal with California and New York and all, it's like, 
it gets really complicated. And if you get to, if you get the chance to have an employee who has done that at some level, they have a level of appreciation and understanding that is hard to replicate with somebody who hasn't gone through that. Not saying that people, I have more people who haven't, and they're wonderful, but it's definitely a different mindset. And then, so one of the ways that we work with people internally who have been business owners is give them space to, to be creative and give them space to build. One of the things that we have done, we haven't done that in, in the last year, but we have a whole separate LLC. It's called Small Tangents <laughs> because I like to, I like shiny objects. I like to tangent and just to create space for that where it's like, all right, we have some extra, extra profit this quarter or whatever. Like, let's come up with some cool ideas. Let's develop them as businesses through small tangents. So we did a mobile app several years ago. We've had a couple other ideas that are not necessarily tied to our core business, but are just allow people just to flex their wings and, and enjoy it. Because one of the things too, is I always remind freelancers, I'm like, you did not create a business for yourself to be, to hate your job. If you're building something and you're not having a good time and you're not, this is not the right spot for you. So I think I try to remind myself because I, we can get really busy and get, be grinding and, and doing a lot of stuff that it's, I should be, the reason why I build this business is to enjoy the work that we're doing and to allow space for other people to do that too. So sometimes we, if we're really busy for a month or two and we're just like exhausted, then a couple of weeks where we're just sitting around talking or going to get dinner or like building a new project or doing something fun is necessary. We have to balance that out. And I think the mindset of growth at all costs, especially working with startups, it's just, it's not sustainable. We know that, but for some reason we can't get off of that tendency to keep going and you just lose people. And I'd much rather keep and, and retain people long-term who are happy, healthy humans and then raise families that are happy, healthy humans, then burn through people and reach some astronomical numbers. It's, I don't need to achieve that level of giganticness. So I'm happy where I am is enough for us right now. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting way to build. It's definitely counter to a lot of, a lot of systems and businesses out there. Yeah, I think it definitely is. I think that depending on the type of freelance work that you do, it's interesting when you try, if the decision you make is to at some point go back and get a quote unquote normal job. I actually think <laughs> in some instances being a freelancer can sometimes make you look less employable, like on a resume. And so it's really, in I 100% agree with you. I think it's like, if everyone could freelance for even just a year, it would change the, it would change the dynamic I think for mm -hmm. the entire workforce, but to use that as like an intentional model. And I love what you said that it's like, it's, it's a stratified model. So it's not just, you have a small team of full-timers, you have your, a bunch of contractors that work for, un, for uncompany and then you're mm -hmm. full of freelancers. So it's also stratified in a way where everyone's getting what they need. And I would imagine, like you were saying, the boundaries are also a little bit permeable where it's, this isn't the thing anymore, then go do something else. So is your thing, yeah. no hard feelings. Yep. Yeah. When everybody needs room to, to try things on, I think it's like one of the big things I say is just because you do something and it fails, it's almost great to know what doesn't work yeah. sometimes more than what does. And, and depending on what people, who you're working with and what, where they are in life, obviously our life is not a straight line. And so what's working for you right now in your twenties or even in your thirties or forties will could very possibly change. And, and that's again, why I love this style of working because you're building your life first and then your work fills in the gaps around it. And so people get that. And we, when people want to move on, it's, we might get bummed and sad, but we do our best to support them because everybody needs the opportunity to try things on and, and fluctuate. And so that's important to us. And with our freelancers, one of the things I say is like, there's been a lot of feelings this year about people having to go back to full-time because it's been a, it's been a crazy 
year-ish plus in the market with jobs and consistency and that kind of stuff. And we've had a lot of businesses close. So we have a lot of freelancers who have not been paid by businesses that close and that sucks. And so there's a, a feeling of defeat being defeated and not failing if you have to go take a full-time job, especially if you've been a, a freelancer for a long time. But it's just all about making it work. Just because you go and have to take a full-time job for six months or for a year or whatever to smooth over that income until the market comes back up, it's going to come back and just give yourself a break and know that you're ready to come back in when, and change things and build back better when you get back to your, your freelance career. And I, I think it's like freelancers are really hard on themselves, especially in moments like this where they have to make that make that adjustment, but it's, it's okay. You can run a freelance business when the market comes back, you can transition out. It's all on the table for you from like a, a career building perspective. And I think this year we've seen a lot more of that realization that we have to put all the tools on the table, full-time, fractional, project, whatever, all that kind of stuff and be okay using all of it. Yeah, I think it's definitely a trend that I've been seeing with the um, freelancers that I work with too. The folks that I work with, I've been finding that it's more, or not necessarily that is all like sector based, but some sectors I've seen getting hit a little bit harder than others. So I know like in particular, a lot of the content marketer folks that I work with have been hit pretty hard this year. Although it seems like that trend is starting to come back up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I have a couple of folks that I work with that have been hit pretty hard by the the writer and actor strikes in um, Hollywood in different ways mm -hmm. for their business. And so I'm like, I'm curious of what else you feel like you're noticing in the trends and if there are other things that you can think of that are like, besides the crazy economic uh, times that we live in, if there are like yeah. other, maybe like causal factors that you've seen arise around like the ups and downs this year. Yeah. It's always such a fun discussion to sit down and be like, what's causing this? Because it's, it's been crazy since 2020, right? There's never been a, there's not been a consistent year. And so there's definitely still that rippling out from COVID 2021 was crazy and then we had a slide back and then it's like people hired a lot and then that adjusted and for us we're very focused on content and creative and marketing advertising that's the majority of what our work is focused on so what we usually see is we usually see whenever there's any kind of panic or fear and that could be an election that could be some kind of crisis in the world that could be a bank blowing shutting down or whatever and there's a pullback, you, we'll start to feel it. And we're usually the first ones that feel it. They start laying off marketing internally at our clients and those clients get pulled back and then we'll see them on the front end. Interestingly enough, we saw that early in like 2020 or the end of 2022. And then we also saw it again in the last, the end of the Q, Q3 or so of this year, Q2, Q3 of this year. And I think it's because a lot of, there's been a lot more hiring freezes. And so staffing, staffing has changed a little bit to where, a lot of the contracts that were going on, they, they did not get renewed. And so even though we saw the project work slowly dwindled down early, then coming back in for the one-two punch, a lot of the contracts didn't get renewed. And so it became this contracts for freelancers and for businesses like ours, a lot of times are that consistency across the top and then projects come in and fill in. And so when you lose contracts and then you projects dwindle down, it causes a big, big gap. Um, we have seen that starting to come back in the, the end of this year. So I'm encouraged because I do feel like there'll be more happening next year. But anytime there's any kind of global pull down where you can see it happening, you see it, the tech sector with the, all the VC reducing any kind of investment, we definitely felt that. 
and that our freelancers feel that. So part of what this year has been, and I've talked to a lot of the other, a lot of the other platforms and marketplaces, it's like the mental health of independent workers has been a big conversation. So that's a big trending piece within what we're doing is like how to get people through these hard times and how to recognize what didn't work right now and what can we change going forward so that we're a stronger business when it does come up. But it has been a hard time, but I think any time, there's always gonna be that kind of stuff. And fortunately and unfortunately for a lot of people who started freelancing coming out of COVID, it's been, it was gangbusters, right? For, it's been such an amazing economy to work in for so long that none of us have really had a hard time. And so mm-hmm. this is when the rubber meets the road as a business, any business, like any brick and mortar, any tech kind of anything, like you have to be able to get through those hard times. And so if you've learned anything from this, it's like, how do I build ne- next time where I have more retained earnings? I have more savings. I have a plan for when something like this happens. Like I'm a big I talk a lot about risk mitigation and planning allow yourself to go down that rabbit hole of if something like this happens again, where I have six months and no work, what can I do now to prepare for? Okay. What if that six months actually becomes nine months? Can I do this? What are all those levers that you can pull to make yourself get through those hard times? Because hopefully we're on the way out of it. (laughs) We're on the way out of it, but they will come again. So building your business around all of those ups and downs is is, gives you like less stress and allow you to navigate all that, all of that stuff that's going to happen. Yeah, I love the framing around resiliency. I think that the not counterpoint, but the adjacent point to that is what you're saying about mm-hmm. the mental health, because I think it is easier to be like, hey, just build a resilient business yeah. than it is. I have for sure seen it in tons of the freelancers that I come into contact with where people are just like sad. They feel like they've been beaten up this year and yeah. like, all and it's like a combination of I think a lot of the market factors and then also just like for a lot of folks like a one-two punch with things happening in their personal lives where they're like I just have to take time off to take care of myself or take care of a family member or do something else and Mm -hmm. those two things combined together they're like I I don't know how to claw my way back um, from that and so I think thinking in thinking intentionally about resiliency in the good times, because <laughs> it's really yes. hard to think about that in the hard times. Uh, it is. Yeah. It, it, I think it's, that's a good, that's a good way to put it because what is that? There's like a phrase that's make hay when the sun's shining, mm-hmm. but it, it is like when it's good, don't fall into the habit of just think about, okay, am I putting money aside? Am I saving for the next dip's going to happen? Am I not to always be negative, but think through those things. And then it, it allows you to just breathe a lot easier. And I think part of, something's out of whack in the universe this year because it's not even just been business everybody I know is and then my dog died and then my car broke down and then I got poisoned by a lollipop or whatever there's just stuff happening and I don't know why but the thing that I see that I want to steer people away from is being don't isolate free being a freelancer is already isolating it's already isolating and that's a hard thing to overcome when you start to feel like things are falling apart and you're going off the rails our tendency is to go inside ourselves and hide and that's not a good, healthy thing to do. This is when you need to be really involved with like groups like you, communities like IndieList, communities like Uncompany, and talk to people. Because I've talked to so many people over the last six months, and I'm like, it's not just you. It's not about the work you're doing. You're not bad at what you do. It's not you. It's 
uncontrollable circumstances and that they just change. They're like, oh, okay. It's, I'm like, I've talked to 10 people this week, the same, are saying the same stuff. But the problem is we pull ourselves so internally and then we just, we convince ourselves. We, we, we start telling ourselves our own, the own, the lies that we believe. So get out there and talk to people, have conversations. Don't make it like, oh, wow, poor me session, but be like, okay, yeah, it sucks for me too. Like, what can we do now to make ourselves like get through this period? And I think that's one thing that this year has really taught me with our community is like, that's so important not to isolate. So that's, don't isolate folks, join a bowling league, do something. (laughs) (laughs) I could not agree more. And that is the thing that I think brings me back to this work time and time again, because I think as this is mainly like a side hustle for me, my actual consulting business is the thing that pays all the bills. And in the constant iteration of all of this work, someone asked me earlier this week, they were like, if you're making all that money in your consulting company, why do this? Like, why do this? And I'm like, I can't not do it. Trust yeah. me how many times I've thought about giving up and just being like, just going to do this. It's easier. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to like constantly iterate on what I'm offering and like how I'm meeting people where they are. Although I obviously do that in my consulting practice too, but it is, it's every time we get to be in community with each other and be able to be like, oh, it's not just me (laughs) dealing with this. And like, it's totally normal. And I'm going to get past it. Like they got past it and we can brainstorm together on ways to get past it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do think that is like, that has definitely been the highlight of my year is like, despite all the like struggle stories I've heard, it's also all the stories of people that are like being able to just be in this whatever, whether it's a workshop or a community or whatever it is, when they're like, mm-hmm. oh, being in this room with other freelancers was like the thing that got me. Yeah. Through this. Uh, it is, yeah. It has just been the best. It has been the best part of my year, despite all of the struggles. Yeah. One, I'm curious about one other thing. And then I want to make sure that, that I'm being respectful of your time because you've been so generous with it. But one other question I have, and I, this is like a, I think I've seen some of this play out in some of the like survey data that's been coming out over the last couple of years, especially since COVID. And I've seen you using this messaging on LinkedIn too, where it's like, there's part of me that's like when these panics happen, when Mm -hmm. the uncertainty in the economy or politics or whatever the system is happens, I feel like freelancers are able to help businesses fill a need that like we can be, help businesses be more resilient in Mm -hmm. those periods because it's not the same as hiring an FTE and not, I think I have to be very careful there around like not pitting contractors against W2 employees or in that way. But it's, I just wonder about your take on that, especially in the structure of your business. Mm -hmm. Do you see that with the business clients that you work with, that they're also thinking about freelancers as a way to manage uncertain times when there is a hiring freeze, but the work still has to get done? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good question. What, I, what I've noticed this year, just even a little bit more, even last year, is there's definitely been a pairing down of vendors. So some of our clients, they might have a massive vendor list and they have a vendor doing this and a vendor doing this, and like multiples doing very specialized things. There's definitely been a drawing down towards, instead of having 50, we're going to have 25 or whatever. And so they're looking at groups and they're looking for ways to, to have access to like multiple people, which is good for our business because I'm like, yeah, you don't need to have 15 agencies. You can just work with us and we can connect you to 15 individuals who do those set of skills. And that to me is really powerful for businesses because of course at FTE, 
in my mind, an FTE is essential for especially any of those positions where there needs to be some kind of institutional knowledge and there's strategy involved, but it is fixed cost and in, in, in an economy that's crazy and, and bananas and hard to predict. Anytime you can add variable costs, I think is, is valuable to navigate the margin and all that kind of stuff. And I do think people have started, especially medium-sized businesses who are maybe not have as much capital and all that kind of stuff backing them they are starting to lean more into that understanding of like, how can I get that variable cost in there, but then still deliver the product and or de deliver the campaign that I need to get done. I think the tough thing is whenever there's any kind of unsettling environment in general, our tendency is to go back to our typical mode of operation slash sometimes bad habits. And so for a lot of our bigger companies and just in general companies, it's okay, every, they've, they just laid off 10 people. I need to get these things done. Like, I'm going to go to this one entity that I know maybe does a crappiest job, but I know we'll get it done. It's going to be okay. And so you're fighting a little bit of that fear of change in an environment that's already a little nerve wracking. And so there's still, I think in these situations where we are right now, it's finding ways to get in, in a small way and start to build that relationship. For me, what I've seen with Uncompany, our business over the last 18 months, two years, really, it's been probably 18 months, the sales cycle, the process for really getting to know and getting to do bigger projects with the client has gotten a lot longer. And that's just because there's that fear of adding something new and something that feels maybe a little out of the ordinary or out of the process in an environment that's a little unsettling. So I think when as individual freelancers, it just scales down to something similar, find a way to get in there, build a relationship, knowing that you don't, it's not necessarily going to convert in the next month, but maybe in six months, figure out a way that you can build a sales pipeline that keeps in touch with these clients. So when they start to feel comfortable and there's an opportunity, you're on the top of their desk. And so that process of really warming leads and keeping them, keeping them warm has been a lot more part of our process in the last year. And I think that's why I think it's just, okay, if the ship's feeling a little wobbly, I'm going to, I'm going to just grab that oar and row forward, even though I'm rowing to the waterfall. <laughs> I think that the process has just changed a little bit. And so as larger businesses and as individual business owners, we have to adapt to that process and understanding. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. It feeds into what you were saying earlier about resiliency too, because I think, like you said, since 2020, I think a lot, some of us have gotten lulled into not having a full pipeline or not. Work just rains down on you like this magical. Yes. So we're not making hay when the sun shines. We're just basking in the sun. I want to make sure that we also end on just like a, a note of, not that the last conversation wasn't, but a note of hope. And so I'm curious mm -hmm. about what you are most hopeful for going into 2024. I definitely think things are turning around, which is great. I've seen a lot more clients buying and building budgets that are more in line with where they have been. I think one of the positive things which we touched on is that people are seeing people who are full-time are still moonlighting. People who are freelancing are looking at multiple clients. I think people are starting as like workers are starting to understand how they can mitigate the risk by having multiple income streams. And I, I think that's genius and awesome. And I think for just what we do, I, I do feel like next year will be a more positive year. I think we'll see more upswing on projects. And I've also seen a lot more clients building freelance teams. And that's really what we focus on is we were building out custom teams with our clients and then we operationalize them through our software. But we've done a little bit of that in the past, but in the last 12 months, we've done a lot more larger projects where it's almost like we're replacing it. We're building their own agency with freelancers internally. And to me, that means that the adoption of using freelancers on a regular basis as opposed to like projects 
is is happening a little quicker. And so I'm like, I'm super excited about that because I feel like for me as a freelancer, I was like, if I can just cons- get some kind of consistent income, like that's like the holy grail, right? And that comes in these larger projects where you're feeling like you're really embedded in working with the client and you have some kind of connective tissue. So I'm excited because I think that's going to change, especially for a lot of our more senior freelancers and mid-level freelancers, that's going to change just the, the, the flow of the work for them. That's awesome. I love that for 2024. <laughs> Let's say it and wish it to be true into the world. Yes. Thank you so much for your time. This was an amazing conversation. Tell us where folks can find out more about Uncompany. Yep. So you can find us online at weareuncompany.com. So we are uncompany, all one word.com. And then social, Instagram, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, just with my own personal bio too. So you can find me there. And then we also are on Discord. So we have a pretty good Discord community. And then we're actually getting ready to launch a digital store in the next like couple of weeks or so that we'll be sending out to freelancers. And there'll be a ton of like free downloads and templates and checklists and, and then some other paid things too. That'll be larger coursework. So yeah, but start by going to the website. All the links are on the website. Awesome. And we'll make sure that we're including all those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time. I really yeah. appreciate you being yeah. here. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs>